The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change. In other words, reinvent yourself and your company. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host Nancy Lynn. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the successful business leaders of today. Now, here is your host, Nancy Lynn. Hello and welcome to Business Reinvention, brought to you by Change Agent SF coaching and consulting services. I'm Nancy Lynn, and I'm glad you can join me today for a discussion on big data. Well, some of you may have already read different articles about this topic. Um, today in this program, I hope to give you a quick overview of the big data's impact across different functions and industries. But I also wanted to dig a little deeper about how the impact is taking place and what it looks like going forward. Match.com president Mandy Ginsberg recently said that big data analytics influences her company's decisions about everything, from marketing to customer services to mergers and acquisitions. And I think it really shows the values that big data can create and how it can help companies with innovation, productivity, and growth. Google, for example, processes about 24 petabytes of data every day. And we're talking about 24 with 15 zeros behind it. So it's really astonishing. Um, and according to McKinsey, big data can potentially help reduce national healthcare expenditure by about 8%. Um, wouldn't that be wonderful? It's also estimated that when fully utilizing big data, a retailer can potentially increase its operating margin by as much as 60%. Um, very promising. So what is your company doing with all the data that you have captured from the web, call centers, video data, or other sources? And how well do you compare to other companies when it comes to leveraging big data for better decisions? Well, I hope today's show will get you start thinking about these questions. And joining me for the discussion is David Feinlieb, the big data expert. He's also a contributor to Forbes.com, the author of Big Data Landscape, an entrepreneur, and also a venture capitalist. David, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be on today. So um, I'm curious, how long have you been involved in the big data area? Well, I've been uh, working uh, in and around big data and storage um, for many years. I started a couple of companies um, in uh, the enterprise space, um, one of which I sold to HP, another to uh, EMC, um, and then I've more recently been writing about big data on Forbes.com with the IPO of Splunk and the higher profile of some other big data companies. Um, and uh, have a bunch of posts up there from the big data landscape to the big data trends presentation and lots of other things on using big data for, for sales and marketing as well. 
Awesome, and we're excited to have you here today.、Um, so, over the years, what would you say are two or three major changes that you have seen in terms of the type of data we collect and what we do with it? Well, I think one of the biggest changes is just the volume of data that、uh, people can store now. I mean.、Um, Companies have been able to store data, obviously, for many, many years. But it's only recently that technology has been available that makes storing very, very large amounts of data possible. So,、uh, you know, you see, as you mentioned, Google. You know, Google handles billions of search queries every month. Facebook has hundreds of petabytes of data that they're working with, and so many of the technologies that were developed. At these companies are now available to lots and lots of companies, whether they're big businesses or、um, small and medium businesses. And so, all of those smaller businesses can now store a much larger amount of data. That could be security information. It could be log file data from their servers. It could be,、um, you know, user data from people on their websites. So, just being able to keep that that huge volume of data is a is a huge change. Um, I think the other thing we're seeing is the speed at which data can be analyzed. So it used to take days, if not weeks or months, to process this data and run analytics on it to get real business insights. And now that can be done in a matter of minutes or seconds. So I think the volume of data and then kind of a move to real-time、uh, analysis of that data are two of the biggest trends in the space. So I mentioned、um, a couple of common sources for big data in the introduction earlier. Do we know what the single largest source of data is for most companies? Well, it's machine data,、um, and you know we tend to think of the data we generate, like photos that we're sharing on Facebook or instant messages or, or email. You know, we all get overwhelmed by all those spam emails we get and. That's certainly a, a ton of information, but actually, the biggest source of data is data generated by machines. And a machine could be、um, the servers that are running your website. It could be information generated by the airplane you're riding about how the engines are doing it, or it could be from your cell phone checking in with the cell phone tower as to where you are or how your signal strength is, or stuff like that. So when you think about All those different things that we call machines, you know, they are generating a far larger amount of data than、uh, we as human beings do. Hmm. So it sounds like a lot of operation data as well as consumer behavioral data.、Um, so, what business models do you think are most likely to be disrupted by big data? Well, I think、uh, a lot of the traditional、uh, large data storage vendors, so the, some of the storage companies. That have traditionally、um, charged a lot for、uh, the hardware and software required to store and analyze data. You know, those companies are going to be really disrupted by this because、uh, now you can use commodity servers、uh, and open source software and store a lot more data, a lot more cost effectively. So I think that's one area for disruption. I think the other area for disruption is really a shift from. You know, if you think about information technology, you know the promise was always that you could use technology to become more competitive, and that's been the case for the last 20 years. But the next 20 years are really going to be about the information. So, any business that isn't using data 
to get competitive advantage is going to be disrupted. You know, we see that with big box retailers where uh, their businesses are being disrupted. You could imagine rental car companies being disrupted um, if they don't know what's going on in the market or what, uh, how their pricing should change based on um, different behavior in the market. Um, you could see food, uh, you know, multinational food companies being disrupted if they don't know what the prices of commodities are for their underlying uh, supply of, uh, of the, the components of their um, food products. So lots of different industries are going to be disrupted by this availability of more data and the, and the ability to, to um, analyze that data a lot faster. And you're right. You know, companies are doing a much better job capturing data. And right now the focus is shifting to how to translate that data into actionable insight. Um, and, you know, in a set, in a way, it's like there's almost no industry that would not be impacted by big data. But if we really have to kind of prioritize them, what are some of the industries that will probably reap the biggest benefits from big data? Well, I think, um, gosh, I mean, there, there are so many, um, but I think there are some, some interesting ones to think about. You know, let's take, uh, uh, an example that I'm sure is near and dear to everyone, which is our personal health. Um, you know, there's so much talk around improving our health and tracking our health and things like that. Um, you know, we see these little bands we can put on our wrist to track our sleep behavior and how many feet did we walk in a day or how many calories do we consume. So those are all forms of data. So you can really imagine um, personal health being disrupted in a big way by this ability to measure human behavior, to, um, you know, track and then analyze how those different uh, behaviors interact. So I think a lot of it's about multiple data sources. So it's not just what did you eat or what exercise did you do. Uh, or things like that, but it's bringing together multiple different data sources and understanding what the patterns are when those activities interact. So I think health and healthcare uh, certainly one area that's um, you know very ripe for disruption. Um, the other one, of course, is e-commerce. I mean, we're seeing um, brick and mortar merchants that just don't have the same level of insight into their customers that uh, advance companies like an Amazon or a Netflix or companies like that are using to be able to predict user behavior. And, you know, these companies can actually predict what you're going to search for or what you're going to buy before you even know what you're going to search for or what you're going to buy. So that's, you know, pretty powerful information that they have available to. And that is really disrupting a lot of the merchants that don't have that same predictive and analytical capability. So, you know, those are certainly two that come to mind. I could think of lots more um, customer service. You know, there's a company I worked with there where they analyze um, tens of thousands of trouble tickets across all of their customer bases to understand, you know, what are the biggest issues in customer service. So you can imagine a company that's investing in their brand um, you know, to improve their customer service using that kind of big data analytics versus a company that's not, and obviously the company that's um, better understanding their customer base is going to be a lot more effective. 
Yeah, and I think also MIT came out with a report and they identifying marketing operations and finance as some of the key function areas that are most oh. likely to be oh, impacted. Oh yeah, yeah, most certainly. Um, you know, there's a there's a company I, I've been working with that is using um, multiple sources of big data. You know, as I mentioned, it's you know a lot of it's about bringing together these different sources. Obviously, if you have one source of big data. Um, you know, you can work with that. But, you know, imagine looking at the data across your Twitter ad campaign, your Facebook ad campaign, your Google AdWords ad campaign, your customer trouble ticketing uh, system, and your actual product usage data. So there's a bunch of different data sources, and if you could bring all those together and really understand your customer behavior and where to make additional marketing and sales investments, that would obviously be be very powerful. And there's, you know, a handful of companies um, that are taking that approach today, um, but there are also companies that, um, you know, just don't have the ability to pull those multiple data sources together. Hmm. And I suppose financial industries also the ones going to, you know, get a lot out of this since they have probably more data than a lot of other industries in terms of how we spend certain things. And would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think financial services, you know, the interesting thing about financial services, though, is they have uh, access to probably some of the most powerful data processing technologies around. So they, you know, have the budget and the technical resources on staff to uh, work with big data, you know, because it's so core to what they do. So I think the really interesting thing um, for the business today is um, that, you know, smaller companies can now get access to the same level of technical expertise that um, some of the financial services companies and companies like Amazon and Netflix have had access to um, in the past. All right, that is a great overview for big data. And when we come back from the break, we're going to dig a little deeper. And um, before we do that, I just wanted to let you know that you could go to bizreinvention.com for more information about business trends and innovation. And also remember that you can post a customer review for the show on iTunes. We'll be back after these messages. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lind at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call one 866 472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to business reinvention. All right, so we had a great start with the discussion on big data. And uh, I think the other thing that big data enables us to do is better segmentation, which also leads to more effective strategies and decisions. Um, so, David, in your view, how has Big data changed the way companies segment existing or potential customers. What are some of the new trends? Well, I think, you know, before the break, we were talking a little about sales and marketing, and I think that's uh, obviously an area that's really relevant to any company because, you know, every company is concerned with how do we drive more customers? How do we get more traffic to our website? How do we get more revenue? And, you know, this idea of being able to take data from um, Google, Twitter, Facebook, Salesforce.com, which, you know, probably contains all of your lead data, uh, and combine that with actual product usage data, I think that's really powerful. So, you know, the what's different there is you could always historically look at, say, your lead data in Salesforce. You know, we got hundred new customers in based on this online marketing program we did. Now we're going to do outreach to each of those customers, and, you know, hopefully some of them will convert. But what you can do with analytics now is really understand what impacted and what, what impacts those customer conversion rates. So you can look at things like time of day or what specific campaign you ran or how did that customer use the product, say say you have a freemium model and that customer is using the product for some number of days or weeks, you know, you can look at all of those different things in combination and figure out, okay, here are the campaigns that were really successful. Here's what makes, a, uh, you know, the potential for a very high converting customer and here are the marketing campaigns we should run in the future. So I think what's different now is this ability to take all these different data sources, put them together in a technology like Hadoop, for example, uh, you know, which is used for storing lots of different uh, data sources, storing those together, and then being able to run analytics across all that information to get the insights on which marketing programs are effective and which additional marketing programs you should run. 
Mm, that's really that's, very um, powerful. I mean, you, what you're saying is that you're getting a, a bigger picture of the lives of your customers. Um, so do you have an example of maybe some of your clients or other companies that you research that actually leverage it really well to drive um, really great results? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one great example of this is that a company called New Relic. Uh, they're a, a local San Francisco company, and they do something called application performance management. And that's just a long way of saying they figure out what, what makes your website slow, and then they tell you what to do to make it faster. And so, so the bulk of their business really focuses on that, this, you know, making your site faster. But the real innovation uh, that they've done in marketing is putting this uh, model together where they're combining these different data sources and then putting all that data into Hadoop, which is a, an open source technology for storing uh, large amounts of data. And then they use tools like uh, R, which is a, an open source analytics product, to analyze that data and produce these um, recommendations and insights. Um, so I think that's uh, one of the most powerful examples um, in, you know, in online marketing. Um, you know, it, outside of sales and marketing, I think uh, there's a company called Splunk, which uh, went public earlier this year. And um, Splunk is a great example of um, driving operational efficiency. So, you know, if you think about what we just talked about, that's a great way to drive additional revenue and marketing and sales insights, you know, then you have the other part of the business, which is how do we become more secure? How do we become more efficient? How do we run the business better? And um, a company like Splunk uh, takes all that different log file data from all your servers and your appliances and storage devices, all that stuff uh, that's generating information about what it's doing uh, as it runs your websites and your infrastructure pulls all that into a common data repository and then lets you run analytics to understand how to make your infrastructure more efficient. So if you make your sales and marketing more effective uh, using kind of this process I talked about and then you make your infrastructure more efficient, uh, your margins are going to go up overall for the business. So I think one thing I keep hearing from you is integration, you know, consolidation. This is really key in terms of making big data um, being more effective and useful for you. And when you can do that, then you can automate a lot of decisions. Um, so big data definitely allows people to develop decision-making models. So what do you think? you know, the type of decision that will be automated going forward and what are the new decisions that executives will have to make that they didn't have to do before? Well, I think um, one thing to uh, be clear on is, of course, it doesn't change the need for um, human beings to be involved, you know, in the process. You know, what changes is the amount of data you can look at and uh, how long you can keep that data around for. So, for example, on marketing, instead of only being able to look at, say, um, a year's worth of data or retail sales data on, say, a week-by-week -week basis, you can now look at it on a much more granular basis. You can look at it down to the day or even down to the hour or the minute. So I think it's the granularity um, of the data. You could look at 10 years, let's say, of retail data 
to really understand uh, what impacted the business rather than 10 months of data. So I think that kind of historical insight and um, the granularity of the analysis has really, you know, has really changed um, and has really provided a different level of insight to these um, to these executives. But I think some of the challenges that executives are going to face are, um, you know, being very progressive on how they're thinking about sales and marketing, especially online sales and marketing, and you know, pulling all these data sources together. Um, I think the other thing is putting in place some kind of big data initiative. So it's easy to say, hey, we have lots of sources of, of data in our organization, but um, you know, companies really have to say we want to take an active role in pulling those different different data sources uh, together, um, and maybe having a big data executive or a you know a chief data scientist or what have you to really drive um, some of those initiatives. Hmm. So, in a way, what you're saying is that we probably end up making more decisions than we ever before because now we have more granular information. However, the quality of decisions will be much better. Um, and then you start talking about some of the um, challenges that you know companies will run into. So let's actually just um, you know continue with that conversation. And I'm looking at a report from MIT right now, and they're saying how. Most organizations use less than half of their data in just 35% um, say that they, they frequently or always have access to information they need to make the key decisions. What do you think need to happen to address these challenges? Yeah, no, it's a great, um, it's a great question because, you know, companies want to make better decisions. So, let me break that into two parts. I think, um, on the one hand, the other advantage you get from more data being available and more analytics and doing analytics faster is that you can take more risk in the business. You know, a lot of times established organizations uh, reduce their risk-taking because they've got to keep the core business going and they're sort of, they become afraid to mess with or change that core business. But if they can get insights faster on what's working and what isn't, they can afford to take more and more risks, which could produce, you know, innovations in their business model. So I think that's it, a, yeah, excellent point. Yeah. You know, increase the, especially for more established organizations, it increases their ability, um, to take risks and to do more experimenting, um, with potential, potentially disruptive, um, business initiatives or business models. Um, I think in terms of challenges, you know, the first step is, deciding that you have a data problem. Um, you know, I think it's very easy to ignore for a long time the fact that there are other companies out there that are working with data and getting these insights and just kind of run your business as you've always run it. And then you see a disruption like um, booksellers or big box retailers or uh, things like that where it seems like overnight those businesses were disrupted when in reality, you know, the businesses were disrupted over many mm. years right. uh, by companies that had more, you know, more insight into, into what was going on. So I think that's kind of the first step. The second step is you've got to collect all that data that's being generated. And a lot of what happens today is uh, just because you've got legacy infrastructure, you're not set up for it. It's very hard to capture uh, 
uh, user behavior on your website or logs being generated by your servers or what have you. So you've just got to put the right infrastructure in place to start capturing that data. And then once you have it, you can hire or designate a data scientist or a data executive who's going to be responsible for generating insights from all that data you're collecting. So I think it's sort of decide you have a problem and that you're going to do something about it, uh, collect the data, and make sure you have someone whose job it is to generate insights from the data. So when a company is evaluating different systems for capturing data and then, you know, um, managing data after it's installed, um, what are some of the considerations they need to take into? Well, I think um, first is going to be a question of uh, the priority of this relative to everything else you have going on. And the first thing you have to do is decide that this is a really – big priority for the business. And, you know, when I work with clients, I sort of see businesses where they've decided that data and understanding their data is core to the business. I mean, you see that, uh, you know, with companies like an Amazon or a Netflix or what have you, where they really think about that as fundamental to the business. And then you, you think of other companies where it should be fundamental to the business, but uh, they just haven't prioritized it. Um, high enough or decided that it's, it's as important as buying servers or other parts of their IT efforts. So really making that decision that IT is about information, you know, is, is a big um, step for these companies. Uh, I think in terms of implementation, then it comes down to more traditional factors. You know, what is your budget um, for adopting these technologies? It's a hiring question, so... You know, again, you've really got to have somebody in place or even a small team in place whose job it is to develop insights from this, this data. You can't just say, hey, we have this problem. You know, we wish we had better insights, uh, and they magically appear. You've really got to have um, somebody whose job is measured by the success of getting these insights. And, you know, clients I've worked with, I've really seen that um, – those who have a big data expert or a chief data scientist or titles along those lines, um, they are the most aggressive in developing insights from um, from their own data. So it's you know it's hiring, it's budget, and then it's making this a priority for the organization. Hmm. It sounds like accountability is really important and expertise, like you said. Well, it looks like we're going to have to take another break. You're listening to Business Reinvention. We'll be back after these messages. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email nancylin at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. 
Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Well, so before the show, we started talking a little bit about um, implementation, some key considerations. Um, so, David, I'd love to get your opinion. Um, uh, right now, not only has the amount of data has ballooned, but more and more of it is coming in, in real time, like you said. So in your view, how well do U.S. companies overall take advantage of the data on a scale of 1 to 10? Boy, I would say in general <laughs> it's probably a 2 or a 3. I think there are certainly some exceptions, uh, like the, the marketing, uh, the company that's taking advantage of these marketing initiatives, you know, they're really, uh, you know, a, a leader in the space. And so there may be uh, an eight. Um, I think even they would tell you that there's a lot more they could be doing. They could be, you know, doing this kind of analysis faster, more frequently, things like that. Um, you know, certainly a company like an Amazon or a Netflix is going to be up there. But in general, I think a lot of companies um, are just overwhelmed by the amount of data that they have. And so they're, um, you know, one of the reasons that their score is so low or that they would score themselves so low uh, is because they just haven't uh, figured out how to pull all this data together and, and what to do with it. So I'm really surprised, actually, by the number, because um, that's really low when you compare it to the, I guess, the the promise that we're hearing, um, you know, about big data, right? And you already gave us some really great um, advice about, you know, what needs to take place. But what does it take for those things to take place? You know, like for for leaders to really wanted to start focusing on this, are they waiting for maybe? more examples of how other people do it? Or what do you think will be the game changer to actually really move up that number on the scale? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, when you see, when you're a business and you see businesses either in your own industry or other industries being disrupted, um, that tends to shake people out of their comfort zone and really wake them up. It's not that they're not aware that, that there's disruptions going on. It's just that so often we're consumed by the day-to-day issues in, in operating the business that we can't really step outside that and say, wow, you know, 
there's a meteor coming at us, and we thought it was a speck of dust, but it's really um, big enough to, to destroy the planet. And, you know, that planet is our business. And so till you see that disruption happening in other spaces, um, you know, so often it's hard to make it a priority to think about that for your own business. But I think what's changing, especially this year, you know, we're seeing stories of 2012 being the crossover year for big data and big data moving into the mainstream is that so many business models are being disrupted. So it's becoming increasingly hard to ignore the importance of this, um, you know, for, for your own business. I also think we're seeing a lot of very visible metrics, you know, Facebook, uh, 900 million users um, in April of this year. Twitter was at 400 million tweets per day in June of this year. So consumer companies that we're all very familiar with and that are very high profile are taking advantage of a scale of data that is really unprecedented. And so we're, we're getting exposed to that volume of data in our own personal lives, and that's really going to transfer into how we think about running our businesses and the disruptive nature uh, of this data on our own business. Mm. And so one buzzword that has often been associated with big data is innovation, right? So kind of break that down a little bit for us. I mean, how exactly does that help with innovation? Can you give us an example of how that process takes place? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is that historically the conversation has really been about what data should we store because uh, it was either expensive or difficult or both to store the data. So you really had to make a choice about what data you were going to store. And then when you wanted to get insights, you would find that you just didn't have that data available uh, that you wanted to get the insights that you needed for the business. But now the conversation is all about what can we do with the data. So one of the ways we're seeing innovation is that instead of only a very technical individual getting access to data, uh, a line manager, you know, a business manager, a GM, almost anyone in the organization can get access to the data and run their own reports, run their own analysis, and develop their own insights. So. It might not be that we're getting one specific form of innovation, but it's really that you're opening the access to data and to insights from the data across the organization, and that's going to enable lots of new insights from all, you know, all the people throughout your company rather than from a very small set of people. Uh, so I think that's, you know, one big way we're going to see um, innovation in this space. I also think we're... You know, we're seeing innovation in particular industries, um, like we talked about, um, healthcare and personal health, uh, in law enforcement. You know, we're seeing um, the impact of big data there, uh, you know, in, in just other um, industries that are unrelated to um, tech, um, lots of innovation based on this ability to gather more data and to analyze it more quickly. But, you know, it's kind of, in a way, counterintuitive because people think that analytical is like the opposite side of creativity. You know? Yeah, it's um, that. It's a really interesting point you make, and uh, you know, I wrestled with this idea that um, so often we think of creativity as that you know that thing to, that that comes to you as the epiphany when you're 
you know, out for a walk or um, right. come up with this, uh, you know, this idea that really isn't based in the data. And, you know, I think that's that's still the case. I mean, big data isn't the be-all, end-all answer to everything. Um, you know, you can get a lot of insights into what's working or what you should be doing on your marketing program, but you still have to have that human creativity that says, hey, we should try this completely out-of-the-box um, experiment that might or might not work. But I think where the data really helps is in is in measuring and analyzing whether that creative experiment worked. So mm-hmm. the really powerful thing here is you can be more creative and you can run more out-of-box experiments, but because you have the data, you can then analyze and understand which of those experiments are working. So you can actually afford to be more creative now uh, if you have the right data capture and analytics in place um, mm-hmm. than you were in the past because in the past you'd say, well, you know, that seems like a really good idea, but we're not going to have any way to measure whether it worked or it's going to take us so long to measure whether it worked. And now you can have all those creative ideas and, and analyze, you know, whether they're working or not. That's an excellent point. And, and that really put things in perspective. And I think, you know, even when we have more data, there's still creative, creativity required for somebody to actually connect the dots. And I think a lot of time that's what is missing. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So I think, you know, when it comes to big data, it's important to have all the right technologies in place, but it's also important to bring those together with the right people and, you know, to get most advantage from uh, this thing that we call big data, it's about pulling together the right combination of people and technology, and you put those two together uh, and you really get these amazing insights. You know, you put together the technology to gather and analyze all this data, but you have, you know, a creative VP of marketing combined combined with a a really savvy data scientist, you know, that combination of people and technology uh, can give you some uh, really interesting insights into, you know, what's working in your sales process or what marketing initiatives should you run or how can you become more efficient. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, so since there are, like you said, a wide range of different end users within each given organization, so can you give us some real-life examples of how some companies are addressing the different needs of various um, user groups, but then at the same time creating ways for sharing or collaboration? Well, I think one of the most interesting ones is Facebook. Um, there's an individual who... Uh, used to be very involved in uh, Facebook's internal um, big data initiative. He's now got uh, his own uh, startup that he uh, spun up last year called Cubal. And, you know, I was talking with him about some of the challenges that Facebook uh, had to deal with when they were rolling out their own internal uh, big data service. Um, obviously, they have tons of data with these 900 million users, and they really treat this as a, an, an important asset for the business. So, uh, you know, some of the, the takeaways from our discussion were that um, you really have to simplify access to the data if you're going to open it up to uh, dozens or hundreds or thousands of people throughout the organization. So it's much different having a technical IT person as your customer 
you know, where that person is responsible for building the reports that are then used by the business uh, people in the organization. Much different in that model of the world than when you're saying, okay, everyone in the organization can now build and develop their own reports. So it's a much different mentality and a much different level of simplicity for the service uh, and a much higher level of robustness um, for the, you know, the internal big data service to work. Um, the other takeaway from our discussion is that social networking uh, works for sharing insights from big data. So, so often what happens is someone will get an insight or develop a report, but they have no way to share that with other people in the organization. They've got to take a screenshot and send that around an email, and there's no way to edit the report or comment on it or stuff like that. So one of the things Facebook did when they developed their, their big data service internally was to apply some of those core social networking features, make it really easy for people to share their analysis, share their reports, make comments on it, you know, uh, exchange it with other users in the organization. So there are obviously lots more takeaways, but those are some of the, the most powerful ones, um, you know, that, that they faced uh, in building their own data service. Great insight. Well, let's continue with this discussion when we come back from a short message. You're listening to Business Reinvention on Voice America. For more information about the show, please follow me on Twitter at Biz Reinvention or just go to BizReinvention.com. We'll be back after these messages. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So, David, uh, 
um, you know, a lot of articles out there and a lot of discussions around big data have all been involved around big companies. And I'm curious as to how small companies can benefit from this. Are there tools out there that they can utilize um, so that it won't cost them an arm and leg? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the interesting innovations in big data is a lot of the capabilities we've been talking about, of course, are available as installed software where you set everything up yourself. But more recently, a lot of the storage and analytics capabilities are available as hosted services. They're available in the cloud. So there's a lot less upfront uh, investment required for small and mid-sized businesses. You know, I mentioned Qball, uh, which is a hosted service for storing um, data, large amounts of data. Um, there's a company called Datamere that provides a hosted service for analyzing uh, and generating insights from data. Um, there's a company called Sumo Logic that uh, lets you upload all the log file data from your web servers or your internal servers to get operational insights from those. So these are all examples, and there are many more, but these are some specific examples of products that small and mid-sized businesses can use to get started really quickly with uh, some big data initiatives. Well, now that you're talking about um, software companies um, that helps with big data storage and, and, and analysis, um, so let's look at that space a little bit more. What are some of the best ideas out there, in your view, that you think may transform the way we use big data or um, maybe offer more relevant and faster data a few years down the road? Yeah, gosh, there's so many. Uh, it's often <laughs> hard to to pick and choose. But uh, <laughs> one thing I one thing I did recently was a study with this company Datamere that I mentioned, where uh, we actually looked at uh, a number of the posts on Forbes, uh, where I'm a contributor, to figure out what the best day of week, time of day, article length, and uh, post title, uh, what combination of those things you should use to get the most reach for the content you're publishing online. And if you think about online marketing today, so much of it is about generating high-quality content. And companies invest all this effort in creating the content, and then they just kind of throw it out there. And yet it turns out that uh, the content itself, of course, is very important, but uh, perhaps just as important is when you should put it out there, what keywords you should use in the article title, things like that. And there's you know, virtually no company uh, around today that isn't doing online marketing. So you can think of immense disruption in uh, online sales and marketing, you know, from what content you should make to when you should put it online to where you should publish it, and then how do you analyze the results. So I think that's one really, really big area. Um, you know, and I, I think this all of this data that's being generated from machines, we're just scratching the surface there, you know, with data being generated by servers and firewalls and network uh, appliances and, and things like that. But we're going to see lots more applications um, from airplanes to what people are doing with our cell phone data, stuff like that, that are going to give us, uh, you know, yet another level of insights. So we're, you know, we're really just seeing... Um, the very earliest days of of that kind of analytics and insight. Well, I guess um, 
the tools are only as good if you have the talent to implement them and use them. So let's talk about the talent a little bit. Um, I mean, do you think that we are developing enough talent such as data scientists or analysts to handle the need to leverage all these data that we are getting? Oh, definitely not. Um, in fact, there's <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> you know, there's um, a, a McKinsey report out there that talks about the um, shortage in um, data scientists, and uh, uh, I think they said that there was some somewhere between 140,000, 190,000 worker shortage um, for people with the skills uh, to do this kind of data analysis that we're talking about. Now, obviously, software and the right software um, can go a long way toward making that kind of analysis easier and better. Um, but, yeah, we're going to need to see huge growth in the, the number of people who can um, work with data uh, and get the kind of insights that we've been talking about. So I think a lot more investment needs to happen there um, over the next, uh, you know, five, ten years. Mm. All right. So if a company is, you know, thinking about hiring talent to help with big data, um, I mean, tell us a little bit about the difference between maybe data scientists and, and business analysts or, say, process developers? I mean, do they look at data in different ways or do they produce different outcomes? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very insightful question because, uh, you know, let's take this example of marketing that we were talking about at New Relic. Um, you know, on the one hand, we have the VP of marketing and a content team and so on, and they're really responsible for the business of marketing, you know, what should our budget be every month? You know, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars should we spend on um, marketing? How should we allocate it across these different channels? What should our positioning be? What should the messaging be based on what we learned, you know, from analyzing this data? And then there's the data scientist who's responsible for the technology and for translating some of those business questions into uh you know, the right technology and the right analytics to run to get the answers to the questions that, the you know, the marketing department is asking. So it really requires both of those functions, you know, the business leader and the data scientist um, to work together to create these insights. And, you know, you can imagine uh, further down the line where we'll see the business leader having more and more ability to run that kind of analysis directly uh, and then maybe the data scientist is responsible for more advanced analytics or for figuring out how do we get multiple data sources into the system or what other kinds of analysis could we run that the, the business leader just might not, you know, be thinking about. But, you know, the business leader tends to be very focused around a particular function. The data scientist can have a broad view and say, well, here are other kinds of analysis or Here's external data we could pull in about the market or competition or stuff like that and pull all that into a more uh, holistic analysis of, you know, of what's going on. So I think the data scientist role is going to continue to evolve based on how the, the software evolves, but I think it's a really, really important role in uh, today's organizations. Well, I want to thank you for the great insight. It looks like that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it's great to talk with you. 
Thank you. And thank you for those in the audience for tuning in today. I hope you can join me again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. You're listening to Business Reinvention. Join me next week. Have a good We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll find the inspiration for change over the coming week. 